I want to see if you all get that. So that's why it's so important. Can you just give me just a little bit of room, brother? Thank you. I'm hot right now. I'm going to sweat on you. See, see, this is why it makes us upset. Does everybody get that? Okay, if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach. Well, we learn clearly from Paul that Jesus, uh, the, Paul, the Jesus that Paul preached was Yahweh. That's who he believed he was. Well, now if they come with another one, that's a problem. And then just real quick, Galatians chapter 1, verse 7. If you have the wrong Jesus, you also have the wrong gospel. Does everybody see that? So that j- this is just if you're walking away from this going, man, why is this guy so intense? Uh, starting in verse 6, I'm astonished that you're quickly uh, deserting the one who called you to live by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But if even we or an angel, remember Mormons say they heard from angels and so did uh, Muslims and those are false spirits. But even if we or an angel from heaven preached to you another gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. So that's why we're taking it uh, so serious. And then one more just real quick. This is like my sermon after the sermon. Uh, Go to 1 John chapter uh, 3, I believe. If you have the wrong son, you don't have the father. And if you don't honor the son the right way, you don't have the father. Is that in John 3 or go to chapter 2, please. Go to chapter 2 and scroll on down because if you deny the son, you don't have the father. Uh, Let's keep going. It's going to be further down. So that's why we take it serious. And then I would love to hear her heart on it. Okay, right here. Uh, no, go, go down because it's the Antichrist spirit. Okay, 22. Thank you, my brother. Who is a liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. And they may go, well, we, we acknowledge that Jesus is the anointed one, the son of David coming to do the work of the Mashiach. But hold on. The Christ, according to the Old Testament, is a divine figure. In Daniel chapter 7, he's a divine figure. In Isaiah chapter 9, he's God Almighty. Does everybody get that? So if they just try to say, well, well you know, like Jehovah's Witnesses, well, we believe he's the Christ, but we just don't believe he's God. The Christ of the Bible is God. In Malachi, you are preparing a way for the Lord. John the Baptist was preparing the way for Yahweh to come. Zechariah, he'll come to his own temple. You will pierce Yahweh and say, this is who I pierce. And also it says that that he will bring a greater glory with him. If the Christ is not Yahweh, he's once again a false Messiah, right? So the Christ is equal to Yahweh, but then it gets even clearer. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. Look at verse 23. No one who denies the Son, and according to John, who is the Son? He is God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Whoever denies the Son, excuse me, no one who denies the Son has the Father. So if you deny the Son as He is in divinity, oh, I just say He's a second created being. I just say He's a Messiah-like figure. No, no, no. He's the Son of God equal with the Father. If you deny the Son being that, you don't have the Father. And then whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father as well. And so this is key. So sometimes people talk to me and they go, well, you know, Joe, I don't understand the Trinity and all these ways. Am I still a Christian? Yes, because if you've acknowledged the Son, if you have been open to Jesus being Lord, He's the God who's going to judge you and all those things then you will understand the Trinity further as you study. But you have to acknowledge him for who he is. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Tell us a little bit about the story and why we wanted to do this, and did I do okay? You did. He said, did I do okay? <laughs> Man. You guys, I, 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 I sicked you on me. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to sick Joe on him. Joe's going to do what Joe uh-huh. needs to do. Uh-huh. But let me tell you guys something. What I found so interesting is that with all of the following and everything, you guys, I blew up because of Jesus. Mm. I never just blew up because, oh, I'm a conservative Christian. No, it was Jesus matters from the top, mm-hmm. right? But now these conservatives step in and they, they, they want to utilize that narrative because they want your following and your vote and all this mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But now once uh, January 6th happened, that kind of dwindled. And we started to see things for what they were. We started to see the dust settle. But this is what blew my mind. While Brandon Tatum is pushing garbage like this about Jesus, people didn't see a sense of urgency to check it. There was not a sense of urgency to correct the fact that he is saying Jesus is not God. And let me tell you something. When we did a debate with him, he couldn't say it. He couldn't say it. And the, the, the scriptures say that test the spirit and ask them, is Jesus God? Anyone that has a false spirit abiding in them, they cannot no. fix their mouth to say Jesus is God. He could not say it on this debate. But yet 
He and then this is where I tripped him up because I said for 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 your sakes, I'm gonna agree with you. You're wrong, but I'm gonna agree. All right, but right now Jesus ain't God. So what happened in him earning the position as the high priest in the order of Melchizedek? Do y'all know who Melchizedek mm -hmm. is? Yes. You understand he has no beginning or no, no end. end. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, even even way we go, even if he did earn the position, he still stepped into divinity. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? But this is the issue. My concern isn't even so much about you fighting back in the context you're bringing. My concern is the lack of urgency in the yeah. church yeah. to correct this. Yeah. Because now they have a big following just like I do. But they have a lot of young, ignorant yeah. children who are now taking it on as well. It's like monkey see, monkey do. Bryson and Brandon say Jesus isn't God. All right, then. Yeah, Jesus isn't God. And, you know, we have to focus on conservatism. And we got to really fight and put somebody else in. I mean, this is a chicken circuit. You're now chasing your tail. And, the, again, there is no sense of urgency from the church. So what I wanted to do first and foremost was have him come out and just rip it a new one. But you got to understand, he did that because this is what he believes in. This is what he eats, sleeps, and breathes. And I wanted him to set an example for how we're all supposed to be. When persecution comes. We, you got to understand, this, this um, fairy tale, loving, peace, and kind, apologetic Jesus in a sense of, oh, well, you know, I'm so sorry, beta Jesus is dead. It's dead. Beta Jesus is dead. And if you don't have an anger in you, when someone preaches a false doctrine that can set people so, send people's souls to hell, you should have a problem. I got stabbed and almost killed because I didn't want a soul to go to hell. I didn't know where that man's position was, but the sense of urgency for his soul was what matters. If that's not the case for all of us, we have to reevaluate our rock. And that's why we had this conference, to set an example to you as to what you're supposed to do. And we just did that. These guys literally are bootleg. Let's be real. This is, this is, this is lightweight. But now, if you can handle addressing them, this should be constantly, every day in your walk. It doesn't matter who you meet. We could be in Walmart, and you running up to a Muslim. Listen, I got plenty for a Muslim real quick. Real quick. I read the Quran. I, I, got, I got every point. I'm ready. At any given moment, I'm ready to defend my faith by any means necessary. And this is what this conference is really about. Uh, the new wrinkle for me uh, was to find it's one thing to know Muslims uh, where they say, no, he's a prophet, he's a prophet, or Jehovah Witnesses, who actually believe he's an angel. <laughs> Um, it was one thing to know. What tripped me up, as far as this whole thing is concerned, was to see people who proclaim Christ, proclaim being Christians, now questioning the deity of God, or Jesus, God, Jesus. That to me was new. That to me showed me the height of deception that we're experiencing in this nation. Yes. And the enemy was very cle clever in bringing it. He used something that's very dear and near to a lot of people's hearts, when it comes to the conservative movement. And yes, conservatism is a byproduct of being a Christ follower, but it's not Christ. And what, to what Bev was saying, it bothered me greatly when we were uh, addressing this topic to see comments like, yeah, but y'all are dividing us. We, we can't attack each other. I mean, we, we got an enemy to fight. And I'm thinking to myself, if Jesus is not a factor, if Jesus is not the factor of your life, what are we doing? Why even fight for this nation? We are doomed. We are doomed. This is life and death. This is not to be played with. Jesus is God. And another thing I found out, the enemy will go to great length to try to show you that he agrees with you. So yes, oh, he's a Messiah. Muslims say that. Oh, yeah, oh, no, he's, he's, the son of, he's the son of God. Yes, he's the son. Is he God? He's the son of God. Is he God? He's the son of God. He's the son of God. He's that they will never, ever. They'll, they'll tell you, they agree with you 95% of the way. But that 5% is 100%. 
if they do not agree that Jesus is God, there is nothing, nothing to be talked about. So I, we um, really wanted to sit, uh, and obviously, Pastor Joe, you're the man for it. You're the debate. That is your turf, and there's no telling. If that's what you're going to teach in that school, in that legacy university, <laughs> Chicago, we got news for you. Amen. One more thing, though, real quick. Marcus Rogers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Marcus Rogers. We're going to talk about that. Marcus Rogers. Yes. Because if, if, if we are called to divide. Jesus said, I didn't come here to bring y'all no. together. I came with a sword ready to separate. Chop it up. Mother from father, all of that. So we is going to divide. So Marcus Rogers put up a post with all this stuff talking about, you know, we want oneness, you know, we want this uh, uh, Presbyterian and, 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 and all this other different denominations to come together in unity. Now, a lot of y'all like him. Some of you do. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm just going to call a spade a spade, and if you don't like it, that's a personal problem. Take it with the Lord. Pray about it before you just throw away what I'm saying. Speak in the spirit. Oneness teaching, is, it blasphemes Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say about blasphemy of Holy Spirit? No forgiveness. Jesus said, listen, talk about me. Don't play with Holy Spirit. Don't touch Holy Spirit. Oneness Pentecostal basically says there is no Holy Spirit. Jesus just transforms into different sources of power. From Father to Holy Spirit to Jesus and then back. That's blasphemy. That's ultimate blasphemy and it's a lie. Now I'm going to say something else. And Jackie, you know, we met him. You know, you... When you meet people personally, you peep game. But it, social media really creates smoke and mirrors, people. You got to understand that. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in social media until they put their own foot in their mouth. But I'm going to tell you this. Watch a person who... Unity. 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 You know, this, let's just work together. Your religion... Under, listen, you're, we all Christians. Let's unify. But under what? What Christ are we unifying under? What teaching are we unifying under? Because if it, if it contradicts this word, that, that, that teaching is cursed. I'm not going to unite myself with a cursed teaching and doctrine. We don't do that. So now what I'm seeing is there really is no more time to mix this one with that one with this one. And anybody that's pushing that, Watch them. Because the same people saying unity on this side is the same one singing unity on that side. And last time I checked, unity led to a one world order. Unity leads to all religions in one. Now Allah is God. Muhammad is Jesus. Do what thou wilt. And now you basically got witchcraft in your doctrine. You're cursed. You got to watch People like that. And I mean, you got to pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. They will speak. They can speak about things politically. If I talk to Marcus Rogers right now and I say, is Jesus God? He'll say yes. And if I say, is he the only way? He'll say yes. But in those teachers, you got to watch. It, the, the, it says that in the last days, even the elect could be deceived. You have to know the word for yourself, and you have to be ready to fight for it. And a lot of people are not ready to fight for it because they really don't know it. He can stand up here confidently because he knows his stuff. I can stand up here confidently because I know my stuff. It's time for y'all to step into position to know your stuff, believe it, fight for it, and be able to discern these sneaky, slithering snakes. And, and if I can add this quickly... And without apology, without apology, on that one, there is zero diplomacy. None. Cut yourself off is what Paul says. Do not even break bread with them. This is not a game. This is not a game to be played with. Zero apology. You want to talk about being radical? That's one of them. Big time. No games. Amen. And I just wanted to show you, it's, it's called oneness now. Mostly they are oneness Pentecostals. They believe you have to be baptized in Jesus' name, speak in tongues. And uh, 
believe this kind of doctrine, but it used to be known as Sabellianism. That's the ancient heresy. And Arianism used to, uh, is now known as Jehovah Witnesses, but it goes back to Arianism. But uh, if you could show real quick Isaiah chapter 63, verse 7 through 10 is a Trinitarian passage in the Old Testament. And I love what our sister said, because not only do they blaspheme the spirit, they also deny the son, which is the two worst things to do, because you can't have the father without the son. And if you blaspheme the spirit, you can't be saved. So they are in so much trouble, but they try to look and sound like us because they came out of the movement that we came out of as Pentecostals in the 1900s, but they've been rebellious and brought, uh, bought into an old heresy. And so if you go to verse 10, of chapter Isaiah, verse 63, it says, But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit, so he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. And so he is fighting against them. He is not for them. He is not for what they're doing. How they deny the Son is they don't believe the Son has always been the Son from eternity. He was always the Father. He only came the Son when he had flesh. And they don't believe he has the flesh in heaven anymore, so he's back to the Father, or i.e. the Spirit now, coming as a Spirit. So they deny the Son is really even existing. I ask a oneness, where is the Son? And they say the Son is gone. But see, the Bible says he's forever with the Father, pleases the Father. And then the same thing with the Holy Spirit. As you say, what is the personality of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about that would speak on behalf of the Father? And they deny that as a separate person, and they grieve the Holy Spirit. And Acts says when you do that, you die. So don't do that. And it says right there how they grieve the spirit. All right, so we can do an open mic. Uh, so some questions. If you want to, oh, yeah, we'll start with my brother Isaac. You, oh, my goodness. Why does, why does there always have to be one in the audience? Every single time. I'm just stretching, Pastor. Find another time to stretch then. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you so much. I love you. Thank you. He did, okay. So we're going to ask questions, and if it's about the conservative movement or if it's about the Bible, just whatever, we'll all try to answer as best as we can. So address um, who you want to answer it, though. Thank you. So who is it to? You have yes. four people here. The lady. Okay. The lady. This lady or uh, that lady? Uh, this one? Bevy? Okay. Beverly. Okay. Um, you just told me to speak in tongues. And... Um, when I speak it, I have hard to, I feel very, I want, I want, I struggle to speak it. But, and then in the end I say in the name of Jesus, but I wonder what am, what am I saying? I would say you're speaking in languages of angels. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, please. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 13. So here's where I talk with my Baptist friends who I want to become Bapticostal. And I did a lot of cemetery, I mean seminary work with them. I love them. Uh, we tease them all the time. It's okay. So uh, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in tongues of men or angels and do not have love. So right, right here, we believe there's tongues of men and angels, okay? Now some would say uh, angels don't mean they have their own language. But what's the point of him bringing it up there? Tongues of men or of angels. I see there's a differentiation there. Also, the Bible says that in heaven, they are praising God with every nation, tribe, and tongue. So some of our early Pentecostal founders, like uh, Stanley Horton, who I was friends with for a while on Facebook, believes that when we're speaking in tongues, it may be a known language, but it was from a different time. So there's different ways to look at that. And angels obviously would know them because they interact with them in heaven. But here we see there's a differentiation there. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 14 or just scroll down. Because sometimes people bring up to us the interpretation of tongues, that there should always be an interpreter. But notice here in verse 2, it says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. So whatever was happening in Acts chapter 2 is not what's happening in 1 Corinthians 14 too. What is going to be differentiated now is tongues by itself to God and tongues with an interpretation to people. Okay? And that's why it says that whenever we speak in tongues, verse 5, he says he would want everyone to speak in tongues, but he would rather us prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets. Okay, now scroll on down a little bit for us, please. And then you'll see that he, he prays in tongues with his mind and he sings with his mind. So it's going to be down a little bit. Uh, keep on going. And there's a whole chapter to it, so it's obviously important, right? Verse 13. For this reason, the one who speaks in tongue or language, glossalia in the Greek, should pray that they may interpret what they say. Why should we do that when we're together? So it can now equal a prophecy. 
Tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. Prophecy is greater than tongues because it's understood by people. Does everybody get Paul's point? But we can pray in tongues directly to God, not for people. Do you get that? Yeah. Okay, so then what shall I do? I mean, he literally tells us, I will pray in a tongue. He says, for when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So no matter what, the one speaking doesn't know. Whether it's just between me and God, I don't know. Or whether it's going to eventually get interpreted, I still don't know. Okay, so I'm going to pray. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pray in a tongue, but I'll also pray with my mind. Then it says, I will sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my understanding. So then what he's saying is you have the opportunity to do both. So when we come together, this is what we do. If you scroll all the way down to chapter 14, it says do everything in decency and order, but whatever you do, don't forbid speaking in tongues. So somehow everybody doing things in decency and order forbids tongues, which is the exact opposite of how he determined decency and order. Here's decency and order, starting in verse 26, everything must be done in order that the church can be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most should speak at one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should be quiet in the church and speak to him self and to God. So this is where I say to my friends, they go, well, well, Joe, you should only speak in tongues unless you have an interpreter. Hold on. It says, no, it says now just speak to God. So when we say pray in tongues, pray in your spirit, you're just praying to God. Weren't we also doing that in English? I didn't have to know your prayer. Just everybody pray on their own. Everybody pray in English on their own. Jesus, I love you. I need you to be with me. My job was hard today. Well, I can do that in tongues too. But if I'm now going to address you, now I can only do it with two or three in the church. And now it must be interpreted because it's for you to hear. So now the little nitpick comes, should a person on the mic do it because it kind of gives everybody the impression of their tongue, you know? That's another discussion, another debate. We don't mind it so much here. Some do. Uh, but the bottom line is we can all speak in tongues together to God in prayer. We can all pray in our own language to God in prayer. But whenever we address each other, we do it for the interpretation. So what I say to my friends is if you guys are supposed to be so letter of the law of this, when was the last time you had two tongues and two interpretations in your service? And you're also supposed to have prophecy. And you're also supposed to be laying hands on the sick. So last time I checked, y'all ain't doing none of this. And you're trying to tell us how to do it. I like what I'm doing better wrong than what you're not doing right. I'll figure this out while you're sitting on your hands being the frozen chosen. Amen? So don't mess with this Pentecostal. We got some scholarship behind us. And so when you would have come to the early church, here's how it would be. Everyone has a hymn. You're going to lead a song. Okay, I got a song. Everyone has a word. They're going to give a word. Someone says they have a tongue. That's the way it looked. That's the way it was like. It wasn't like what you see today, all formalized. So even in our service, while we're doing this, we're trying to amp you up for Jesus to be able to hear from him. Maybe you do have a word, and amp up might not be the right word, but I'm trying to help you connect, right? And then you've heard in our church, who has a word? And then what do we all do? We get silent, and then now we listen. And as the elders check in, if I hear a tongue, there better be an interpretation or I'm asking Jesus for the interpretation. Amen. And here's the thing I also like to say to my, my frozen chosen friends, because they always like to say it's a known language. I go, when was the last time you spoke in tongues and it was interpreted by a person who spoke that language? I have testimonies. You can go to our website where it's happened with me twice with people from India. Mm where I've been speaking in tongues, and they go, are you saying ba da da ba da da That's not my tongue, but that's an example, right? Are you saying ba da da ba da And I'm going, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They go, ba da ba da ba means this in my language. So once again, they don't do it, and they want to tell us how not to do it. No, please, let us all just be humble. Let's just learn in grace and peace. If you don't know how to do it, let us teach you, okay? And then listen to Craig Keener and Dr. Michael Brown and other scholars. God bless you. Amen. This is like a dream come true. I love this. More questions. Come on. Please. Now, my wife just said the notes say John is God. Uh, so if you ever saw in my notes today, John is God, that was a mistake, okay? I believe. Oh, <laughs> Pastor must have been tired making that flyer. I've got to change that. So, I know. Now I'm going to be made fun of. This brother said John is God. Go ahead. Who is Marcus Rogers? We can't hear you, baby. Speak into the mic. Who's Marcus Rogers? Oh, he, he instigating. 
There's a lot of uh, online prophets, so pastors, you know, social media has given a lot of people platforms to preach, and so some are self-proclaimed online prophets and pastors. That's what he is, but uh, we are basically making it clear he's not someone you should listen to, young man, okay? Okay? You don't listen to that stuff, all right? All right. Oh, my goodness. All right. I think yes, she had a question. Um, this is for Pastor Joe. Um, last year, I was here, and I was just saying how much of a blessing you guys were um, just to find a church that was open during the shutdown, and you're the only church, you know, wow. that I know about that wow. that was, and it really just, it was such a blessing. Um, last Sunday, I believe the Lord had me go back to my old church, and I was a little resistant, because I was like, why do I want to be bored? But um, <laughs> it was amazing. Okay. The spirit of the Lord took yeah. a hold of him. There you go. And he started <laughs> preaching the word again. And people actually came up to me after, and they were like, I was wondering if you were here, because they were like, you should have been here. He started preaching the word again. Oh. <laughs> it was like really crazy that people Amen. came up to me. But the, the thing about it was that I really felt God put on my heart that... Um, he was going to sweep through mm. churches mm. one more time Come on. and Amen. see if these pastors who knew the Holy Spirit at one point, because what had happened was he was like, it's Independence Day. I can't hold it in anymore. And it was just the Holy Spirit just took hold of him, you know. Amen. And I believe that he wants to. And I, I, I encourage the members to pray for him, pray yes. for him. And I, and as the only person I know that kept their church open in the shutdown, at least wow. here in this area, mm -hmm. I'm asking if you would pray oh. that these pastors mm -hmm. would let Amen. the Holy Spirit take over their churches one more time because I truly believe that if, if they do not heed, that these churches will close quickly. There will yes. be buildings that will be yes. available at pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. it, that's where we're at. And, um, and I just wanted to ask if he would pray. I would love to pray. That would be an honor, right? Let's pray for this church. We're definitely not going to name the name, but the Lord knows the name. Amen. We, uh, we honor him, uh, this pastor, for preaching. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this season. We thank you for what you have sparked in, in many hearts. And, Lord, as uh, our sister has testified, others here, as uh, my elders or team, can, can testify, Lord, that I felt that we need to be open to share yes, what you're doing and to be open to joining together with others. And so, Lord, now I pray that this brother will be encouraged, that if there's any um, hindrance in his ministry towards what he thinks uh, other people are going to do or how they react, that he will not let that be of his concern, that he will be set on fire, O oh Lord, and that this church will gather around them, uh, gather around him and the team, and to become great uh, witnesses for you, O oh Lord. And we also pray for the body of Christ to all come together for these other churches that are probably now recognizing that they got played a little bit, Lord. May they humble themselves and be filled with your spirit. And may we not hold anything against them, those of us who were in the time of affliction. May we uh, just all join together at this season and look towards your future and rally together to preach the true gospel in these last days, O oh Father God. Oh, Lord, I thank you for this church that has now awoken and is on fire. And may uh, we continue to do so here and other churches that are represented here as well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We've been hearing that a lot too, sister. We've been hearing that. Another church uh, contacted us as well. Praise God. Amen. Was there any other questions? First of all, I just want to let you guys know, I love this. I appreciate you guys so much, man. You guys are taking the time to do this. You guys are legit. Yeah, yeah, you know, because you guys are legit, like, doing this out of love and just out of just wanting to educate and help us out, and I really do appreciate that. And it's funny because as we were going through this, I'm like, all right, cool, let me, I got a question. I'm going to get that. Boom, answered. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. 
my, my, here's another question I'm going to ask them. Boom, they got it. So, like, as you guys are going through it, I'm like, bro, they're answering all my questions before I even get a chance to, like, ask, bro, what's going on here, bro? Like, you know what I mean? So, with saying that, I want to tell you guys, like, thank you guys. You guys are, like, simplifying it and, like, Lord, forgive me. Like, part of me wants me to go out, like, hey, somebody come at me because I got so much. Like, I, I, part, part of me now, like. Keep that same energy. Yeah, this, this, whole, this whole thing has been, like, mad, like, mad knowledge. Like, my brain is getting, like, busted, like, with all this knowledge. You know what I mean? It's like. Forgive me for saying, but I kind of want somebody to come at me just so I can school them. Like, yo, well, boom, hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you. You know what I mean? So I, I personally, I, I thank you guys for not only simplifying it, but just, you know, just having, like, I could just tell a lot of heart went into it. And, like, your guys' heart and passion went into it to educate us and help us. You know what I mean? Um, if I did have a question, which you guys answered them all, thank God, praise God. Um, would there be any, like, further, like, material that you would, like, recommend, like, just for like, um, cause I mean, this is just a whole bunch. Like, I'm I was gonna go over all my notes and just like go over this some more, cause this is good stuff. For you guys that are like not like kind of just chilling, not paying attention, bro. This is like <laughs> golden stuff, cause this is legit like ammunition, yo. Like when people come, people come at us, we're gonna be ready. You know what yes. I'm saying? This is God's army, and they're legit giving us ammunition, y'all. They're giving us lightsabers, bro. Like lightsabers, not swords, lightsabers. We're cutting through like metal. You know what I mean? Um, so that my question is just. Um, would you guys, is there any recommendation of like further material just to get even further, you know what I mean? Because don't get me wrong, this is amazing. You can take down anybody with this, but would you guys recommend any other like material um, to like dig deeper into, like any like parts of the Bible? Yes. Um, we'll, we'll start with like some books, right? The Kingdom of the Cults uh, by the late Dr. Walter Martin, the, the Bible answer man in his day. Um, it's like an encyclopedic uh, I, th I think it's even more than that because it's more thorough in treating the various cults, uh, offshoots of Christianity. And when we're talking about cults, we are talking about things like oneness, Pentecostal, uh, Jehovah Witness, things like that. Not so much world religions that, that kind of branch off and, and don't resemble Christianity. It's the ones that try to look like Christianity, yes. the ones that try to use our language yes. and, and, and try to really subvert the gospel and, and take lukewarm Christians that don't know their word. So, so that's a great book. It's, it's like a, a, the kingdom of the cults. Walter Martin. More than a carpenter, Sean McDowell. And then as it relates to, to this subject, because I think we really nailed oneness, and I've been running into a lot of oneness people lately, uh, the Forgotten Trinity by James White. And so the, the idea there is you know the, the genuine article, right? You, like, like if you're examining money, you don't examine every counterfeit no. because there's too many. That's right. You, you examine the genuine article, you know it in and out, so that any counterfeit yeah. that comes your way, you'll be able to spot it. That's right. So the Forgotten Trinity, just a great book explaining the Trinity, showing uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, how the Trinity is taught in the entire Bible. Uh, that's, that's probably just a great book. It would give you an answer to, to anything these guys have to say. Amen. He answered. <laughs> We're good. Next question. It's not a question. It's just something to add along to that. There was a debate that Dr. James White and Dr. Michael Brown did against two oneness mm. Pentecostals. If you can find it online where James White and, and Michael Brown teamed up and they decimated these, bro these yeah. uh, men yeah. in yeah. Jesus' name. So find that. Yeah, they were Aryans. They were right. Aryans. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, on the, uh, it was on a Jewish show, and one of the guys' names is um, the main guy. Buzzard, Anthony Buzzard. Yeah, put it up there so they can see it. I want to make sure we're talking about the right one. Oh, man, they were a good tag team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did fix this, by the way. I did. I did fix that. Thank you. Thank you for uh, going back to that. Yeah. Yeah, just while we're answering your question, you can go just James White, Michael Brown, Anthony Buzzard debate, and I believe that Eric and I are talking about the same one. Just in case I, he's thinking of a oneness one, because uh, James White has debated a oneness, but I'm just making sure we're on the same one. This, okay, good. And it was powerful. Yeah, because, you know, Dr. Michael Brown is more like us uh, with the Pentecostal experience. James White's more um, Calvinist Reformed, you know. Mm. And when they join together, because these are the things we should join together about, the Trinity, the nature of God, and all of that. 
We, we do have uh, secondary issues with Calvinists and reform, but it's not worth, and this is where I would say that guys like Marcus Rogers abuse that language, because I do believe it's not worth our public attention, though we can have private dialogue. Okay. But see, okay. it's not what they're talking about. The Trinity's pretty important. That's the, the hill to die on. That's the close-handed stuff, you know. The open-handed stuff is as means of baptisms, you know, different denominational appointment of women and leadership, et cetera. Uh, we're okay with the, the debating or discussing that. But, yeah, they come, like, once again, they're coming like sneaky little snakes. You know, it was another one. Um, that guy from, where is he, like, from Denmark or something? What's that guy? He was having tent crusades. Somebody will remember his name because, yeah, what was his name? Corin? Torbin. Yeah, so like Torbin Sondegard, however you pronounce his name, we found out he was oneness, baptizing people in Jesus' name, and if you weren't baptized in Jesus' name, you weren't right, you know? And it's sad because they come around like, not even in the sense of conservatism, like, let's do a crusade. You know, that was during COVID time. Let's all come out here. And then before you know it, it's slipping in a whole different gospel. Because normally, like nine times out of ten, if you have a wrong nature of God, you have the wrong gospel. Yep. Matter of fact, I've never, as I think through it, I've never seen people have the nature of God wrong and not have a wrong gospel. That's right. You know, they always have it wrong, right? Wow. Okay, and uh, let's keep going. A few more questions. Maybe 6.30 for everybody wondering about time. And, and, and let me tell y'all, listen, yep. I'm going to have to see y'all at church tomorrow because y'all, I'm, I'm on E. Okay. I have about have an hour, two hours. No, no, we're going to finish these questions. Okay. But y'all, I can't put pictures and stuff. Today is not, y'all got to just come to church tomorrow. Y'all just got to come to church tomorrow. I'm going to be amped up. I can't do it tonight. I am on E, y'all. I'm trying to tell you. All right. Go ahead. All right. I had a, uh, I just want to say thanks for this conference as well. Glad to be here. Be quiet. <laughs> you look tall, DS. You look stature. Uh. <laughs> Your best, so. Take her mic for right now. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks for the conference. Uh, I'm so glad for um, Pastor Joe and uh, Pastor Nancy and um, Bevlin and Ed May and all of the women at the well. Thank God for all of the uh, people of God for the team rescue and everybody. So glad to see you and be here. Um, I wanted to say um, something that I was hearing you say, um, Pastor Joe. Uh, you were speaking about that having the wrong nature, um, uh, the discrepancies in the character of God, and also having uh, the wrong gospel. But also, there's another spirit that's involved in this kind of matter here. Um, I've had a personal experience before where there was a young lady that came into a service. Uh, we had been having some services, and the spirit of God was moving in a mighty way. So young people were coming in droves to the services, there was an entire row of young ladies that came with one of the uh, uh, young ladies that was a member of my church. And while I was standing there, the Holy Spirit said, call for that whole row of young ladies to come forth. And they came forth, and as they uh, came forth, the Spirit of God was just moving. Many of them were uh, confessing their sins, uh, opening up to God. And one young lady was standing there speaking in tongues, just fluently, fluently. And I was just walking down through the midst of the people, and the Holy Spirit told me to stop right there by her and listen. And I listened. Sound like fluent tongues, just like what I heard here today. And the Holy Spirit said, listen. So I motioned for the musicians to bring the music down. Everybody stopped, just like what you may mention. And she kept speaking, and everybody was listening. And I said, Lord, what am I listening for? He said, listen. And then something clicked. Listen, I don't know tongues tell her to speak in English I said tell us what you came to say and she immediately translated in English and said the spirit of the devil is here and there's nothing you all can do about it Ooh. she was standing there on the altar in the middle of everybody speaking and it then was demonic tongues. <laughs> it was demonic tongues what ended up uh, turning what it turned out to be um, one of her friends they were terrified. They were supposed to be having a sleepover that night, of course. They broke that up. They said, <laughs> they said we want to stay at this church tonight. I said, no, y'all got to go home. I said, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but she, um, her father came uh, walking down the middle aisle. He was the bishop of uh, several churches, uh, one is Pentecostal churches. <clears throat> he came in to retrieve his daughter. And... 
he came and uh, walked her right out. She ended up calling one of the friends back before we had left the church. And uh, they said, she wants to speak to you. And I said, okay. I got on the uh, phone and she apologized. Uh, but then she began to uh, flatter. And I said, that's another spirit. I said, um, there's something wrong. We want to pray for your healing, but you're under that. You're under that leadership. Now, I wanted to say that not everybody, I'm not going to say initially, have the wrong spirit. But I believe many of them Absolutely. are grabbing hold of the wrong spirit. Absolutely. You can't have the wrong gospel. You can't have the nature of God wrong. and You don't recognize his uh, three persons and then not have the wrong spirit because the spirit draws people to Christ. And if you have the wrong Christ, what spirit is at working in you? So I just wanted to say that to everyone. Please keep that in mind. DS, brother, you don't know. You do know. What you're saying is so true because the person, we're not going to mention, we already mentioned her, we ain't going to mention again, had a, a heavy lying spirit on them. And even when confronted, they would lie, 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 until the point that we had to confront them about a story they posted that didn't happen the way they said it happened. And it's constantly the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, but then, now mind you, when you watch it on video, you're like, oh, okay, the Holy Spirit speaking. But then when we was there to witness it, we like, what happened and what you saying the Holy Spirit told you is two totally different stories. And now, now when we confront, oh, uh, well, how you know what the Holy Spirit told me? And are you just going to tell me that the Holy Spirit, like, it's a lying spirit. So the thing is this, if regardless of what, if the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not biting you, another one is. Period. And so I just, I have to touch and agree with what you're saying because we would see certain things and some things would be truth, some things would be lie, but then after we seen him for who he was, we was like, this man is a liar. He has a lying spirit. So this thing is no joke. Yeah, and uh, that's why the Bible says that one of the gifts is discerning the spirits. Once again, I'm just teasing a little bit, but when I talk to my Baptist friends, I'm like, why do you need that gift? You don't cast out devils. You don't speak in tongues. You don't need to discern a prophecy. Why, why would you even need it? See, discerning the spirits is predominantly for those that need to discern what is going on in those spiritual meetings because we are supposed to have spiritual meetings. And I know people talk about a kundalini spirit and these kinds of weird new age spirits. Once again, a perversion doesn't mean there's not an original version. You know, just because there's false Christ doesn't mean there's not a real Christ. So I say, yeah, I mean, there's false spirits. That doesn't mean there's not a real spirit. Just because you saw something goofy and weird, granola, fruit, nut, and flake over here doesn't mean that there's not the genuine real deal, right? So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is when those oneness Pentecostals step into that realm, because I believe God is gracious with them, and in a lot of ways he's gracious because they, they don't know what they don't know. But when they step over into the mocking of the spirit, and I've been in some of their services as I've done apologetics, and they start mocking the Trinity. They call it a three-headed monster. I believe, like you said, they open themselves up to that, and it's, and it's the real deal. And we have to be discerning, like how she was with this other individual and some of our relationships that we have in, in our city because we love them as people, but we cannot affirm that doctrine because it can bring a different spirit. Yeah. You know, it's a lying spirit. And remember, at the end of time, uh, at the judgment, he says, many will say, I've cast out devils and done this in my name, because they'll boast about their signs. They'll tell you, well, we see signs and wonders too, right? But doesn't he say to those who are doing signs, depart from me and never knew, I never knew you. And then this is where I tease my Baptist friends again and go, you never have to worry about that being said about you, you know, <laughs> because, because you guys aren't claiming to do any signs. Who's, who's the one that it applies to? Us as Pentecostals, and but, but we're not living in sin, though, are we? So who would it really apply to? It would apply to the one living in sin, lying about the Holy Spirit, lying about that, and then doing signs and wonders in Jesus' name. 
So Oneness Pentecostal, I think we got you right there. Would you just click on that? Because I want Brother Eric to see if this is the same one. I'm always kind of like this when I'm in this mood. I want to make sure we're talking about this. Click about halfway through. Because if this is the one you're talking about, I think everybody should watch it. Okay, boom. Guys, check this one out. If you want to see what I like to call like Lord of the Rings, because I'm kind of nerdy this way. If you want to see what the elves and the humans or the elves and the, uh, the hobbits look like when the dwarves when they join together, watch when Michael Brown and John, James White join together. It is like the unity of the body here. Just boom, boom. Is that what you felt when you watched this? One after another, and I thank God for them as well. Okay, we have Bevy for six more minutes before she passes out and sleeps, okay? I know, this, their schedule, how many see their schedule? Man, it goes all over the world, the country. So we're going to maybe just shotgun them. If there's a few of you, just like let's shotgun them out. Okay, uh, let's go, my brother. All right, so uh, question for all of you guys. Does pineapple go on pizza? <laughs> but yes, it does. Of uh, course it does. Hey, no, course it does that, not. That's, that's why I go to Metro. No, it doesn't. Hey, that it is does. nasty. Give, give me your slice. Pineapple then. goes in a fruit salad. Give me your um, slice. I, st I stand with my pastor. <laughs> or the grill. Um, all right, so. Don't, do, don't disrespect me and put no pineapple on no pizza. That is so disrespectful. I'm Italian and I say yes. All right, so really quick. Italianos um, and I say yes. So. Bouncing off of uh, what DC over there was saying. Um, about like a, a DS, right? DS. Uh, DS uh, off of what he was saying uh, about like being a different spirit being present. Uh, it led me to wanting to ask you guys this. Um, you guys pick which ones you guys want to answer. Um, but pretty much uh, with the spirit being in someone, uh, I kind of wanted to touch on the, uh, the subject of like demonic oppression mm. and possession. And how would you know when someone's like oppressed versus being oh, possessed? And how often would it be that you would actually even see someone who is possessed? Um, the other thing that I would ask is that when it comes down to uh, dealing with any person, uh, whether uh, like possessed uh, or oppressed, uh, does discipleship take importance over like trying to exercise demons? Um, and then my Wait, last, uh, does discipleship take importance over deliverance? Or so. Preeminent. I guess what I mean is if you see, if, if you come across someone who's not a believer, right, uh, for an example, uh, you come across someone that's not a believer, and they're dealing with all this mess, would your first assumption be they're dealing with a demon, or would it be they just need to hear the gospel and be discipled? Both. Um, and then my third question uh, would be, how would you know if someone is being oppressed by a spirit? Wow. Okay, so... <laughs> Stay, keep those keep those questions, and we're going to start with question one. Question one. Run it back. Oppression versus possession. Okay. So this is the thing. Demonic oppression, I like to call it depression. Okay? Um, when a person is dealing with, like, this sense of, uh, you know, uh, you, it, always beating themselves down, just depressed, sad, lonely. It is a spirit, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's a spirit that has entered them. I believe it's a spirit that has influenced them. The enemy can get into your ear and influence you, and it sounds like you. Now, it takes power once you start to believe it. So that is demonic oppression. These spirits are speaking to you. You don't have the word of God to counter it, so you think it's yourself talking to you. So now you hear, I'm a loser. I'm ugly. I'm this, but it's not you speaking. It's a demon, but now you've taken it on, mm -hmm. so now you've given it power mm -hmm. in your life. That's demonic oppression, mm -hmm. and only the word yeah, can counter that's that right. because that's what Jesus did, the word, yeah. the word, the word, the word, right? Yeah. So that's that. Now, demonic possession, that's a whole nother level. My baby, my husband, you guys, if y'all wanted to know, my husband. <laughs> It's a big deal because I heard people were sending him pictures of me and him together like we in sin. Never that, boo. Don't ever. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway. So he was telling me about this book with Obama, right? And so Obama was telling a story about how he had a, um, a dream. And in a dream, he was in Africa. He saw a demon. The demon told him it is time. And then when he woke up, he had like a seizure. If you ever want to kind of get a clue of when a demon is knocking on your door to enter, seizures and epilepsy. Mm. 
And a lot of young children who deal with that as a child, nine times out of ten, when they're older, they're diagnosed with bipolar, uh, 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 schizophrenia. Ain't no such thing as bipolar. Ain't no such thing no. as schizophrenia. It's a demon. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you what can open the doors to demons entering your body. First of all, fornication. Having sex with someone who you are not in covenant with. Sex is a form of worship. So either you're going to worship God or you're going to worship demons. When you have sex outside of covenant, you are worshiping demons and you are opening up a portal in your own body. Okay? That's why homosexual sex. Listen, this is Fendi Facts. Some, gay people are some of the most demonic people. That's it. And there's, there's no grid to cease. No. Because they're practicing, they're, they're worshiping the devil, and they don't even know it. There's, in their sexuality. Um, and then you can get into witchcraft and all of these different portals and gateways that open up these spirits to enter in your body, and now they have legal right. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Bible says, listen, this demon gets swept clean, it gets cleaned out. It has to be replaced with the Holy Spirit. Because if it gets swept clean, and it's still, it's vacant, he's coming back with seven more. So that's the, that's the difference between demonic oppression and demons. Is that, am I clear on that? That yeah. makes sense? Now, question number two, you can take number two, and I will, we'll go back. All right, so question number two um, was if you met someone on the street that seemed to be oppressed, like what would be your first initiative? To disciple them uh, if they are willing, or deliver them if they were willing? Hmm. I'm thinking Holy Spirit would have to guide that one uh, depending on what you face first in that person. Um, at times, they may have actually experienced that deliverance process, but again, if they're not filled with Holy Spirit and their mind is not renewed, they're a candidate to get back to allowing that spirit and that, or that familiar spirit to set in. At the same time, there's definitely a place for deliverance in the mind. Uh, and so, yeah, I would say going with Holy Spirit and find out which is what I don't know if there's a better uh, answer I mean, to that. Yeah, you, she did it for me when I first got mm -hmm. when I first when she discipled me and she met me. I was going to a gay church, right? I was uh, working for a feminist organization, and I mean, I may have surrendered my life to Christ in a sense, but my mind was not renewed. But I was willing. Mm -hmm. So now, once the truth came my way, I was willing to accept it. You understand what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit offered me a door, mm -hmm. and I walked through it, yes. right? But now, a person who is dealing with a demon. Jesus Christ don't disciple demons. No. He casts them out. He does not do that. So now, this is a great thing that we actually should pray for because the Lord has been really dealing with me with the power of faith. And, and you know, faith being counted as righteousness. Of course, faith in him and him moving in that. And he's been teaching me that uh, unbelief is sin and unbelief is righteousness because if faith is counted as righteousness, then that means lack of faith is counted as unrighteousness, right? So we have to start looking at what Christ did and realizing that's our portion. He was the firstborn and now we are to follow in his footsteps, but we are, we are supposed to be believing and standing in faith that we can cast out demons because it is as simple as unclean spirit go. go. Yep. And if that's not happening, if that's not happening, I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm saying this from my own experience. Yep. Me and Ed May went to raise a guy from the dead, and the fear of man choked him. Yep. But now we were in Africa, okay? And a, a, a boy was lame. He couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. His name is Kababa. He couldn't walk. Not Kabbalah, baby. Kababa. She put, Kababa. He put his name Kababa. on Kababa. Kababa. So Kababa okay. Okay. couldn't walk. He was completely lame. From birth, he had bulges on his legs, right? And... He had a scar, a fresh scar, because he tried to get up. Now, you got to understand, in Africa, they don't have these doctors and all these different things and socialism and government to help you. you either born into a decent family or you on your own. It's God or nothing, okay? Kebab, I said, listen, he asked us three times, pray for him. We laid hands on him, we prayed for him, and his friends started to laugh and mock us because they, Kebab, would use the bathroom on himself if his friends didn't come and take him. And... I, in that, me, all three of us touched and agreed to say, no, we're not going to allow this mockery. We Get up, ba Kababa, walk. Mm -hmm. Kababa got up and walked, and to this day, he's walking. Yeah. He's walking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the same power 
that worked then to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power working for us, but now it takes our portion of faith to realize that miracle power and authority is available right now. Amen. 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 On that happy note, I'm going to bring up a disagreement, which is okay, because we can love to disagree and have still friendship. What Bevy shared about mental illness was actually more balanced than what I was raised with. So deliverance has been one of the probably most controversial subjects in Christ, uh, Pentecostal mm -hmm. Christianity. And so she actually gave a very balanced view. I was raised that all mental illness was spiritual. And some of you might have uh, been a part I of that. Oh, oh, so you are old school like that. Yes. Oh, okay. So I I'm thought... As an example. Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> some of the people that I still recommend to read, like Lester Sumrall and them, that's kind of how they taught. Oh, Lester yeah, Lester okay. Sumrall and others. Uh, um, Wigglesworth also even taught that spirits, uh, sickness was spirits. So it's, it's always going to be like different sides and versions of the deliverance ministry. So mine is more of a eclectic balanced approach a little a little a little old school a little new school um so i say per per case per situation and generally speaking it's it's the pastors who have become a little bit more eclectic and it's the evangelists and the prophetic team that comes and goes that can just spout it off and leave so we have to sit there and deal with the the person who's mentally challenged after they leave and said they had a demon and we did deliverance for three hours and we're like Okay, you can still go see your counselor, okay? We still love you. And so I'll let her have the last word because she is our guest. But I just wanted to say in our church, we do take a per-case basis to discern. And here's my, here's my thing with it. So I had not 20-20 vision. I just got LASIK. The physical eyes were broken. I had to have physical things to help me, okay? I believe with Dr. Amen, you can find him at his TED Talk. He also is a Christian. He's done over 250,000 brain scans that can show brain damage equals bad behavior. And they can help with brain techniques. But I do believe we're way overdiagnosed. Everything's a mental illness now. And that's why I like to take the more balanced approach. Last word, woman of God. I'll give it to you. I'm just going to back up. Go ahead. Even though it's our pulpit and I get, I get to preach tomorrow, so be careful. So... Thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm thinking that the Lord works with all of us wherever we are. So thankful for that. As long as we're agreed that Jesus is God. Yes. It's good in the hood. It's good in the hood. It's good in the hood. Uh, I also want to mention it in terms of doctors. Uh, I will say this. The ones that fear the Lord are the ones that we can work with. Okay? There are doctors out there that fear the Lord, that believe, and they believe in miracles. Okay? Uh, at the same time, they know to treat something, but this is not God's best. I don't believe being on a surgery table is not God's best. Not so. Having to take a pill to go to bed, not so. it's not God's best. God's best is to command, and it is so. And that's where we're going. That's where we come from. That's where we're going. So the more... We allow ourselves to stay there, okay? We need to stay there. Amen. Those should be exceptions, but in the name of Jesus, one day we will walk in a reality that is not even an exception. The way that Jesus did it is the way that we're supposed to do it. Period. Jesus. Point blank. Jesus. No debate. Jesus. That's where we're headed in Jesus' name. Kababa got up and walked. I seen a man that was born lame. Baby, are we lying? Born lame. In the name of Jesus, he was born lame. He could not walk. He had scars on his face because he tried to get up. He got up and he walked. And then the next day he walked to church. And then the next day he walked. And he's walking today by the command in Jesus' name. That's that. That's normal Jesus. That's normal Christianity. That's kingdom. On earth as it is in heaven. There are no crutches in heaven. There should be zero crutches here. That's Amen. what it is. Mic drop. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to take back letting them have the last word because it was so good. This is what I say to my friends because, you know, once again, I'm always talking about these with other, uh, you know, non-Pentecostals. And they go, oh, you guys think everything's a demon and all that. And I go, what is really going to be the harm of us trying to cast it out in Jesus' name? Because the devil always needs his butt whooped anyway. So if we bring him back into the conversation and it's not really the devil, then he just got his butt whooped again. So I'm just going to agree with you. Amen. We'll just whoop, we'll whoop on him no matter what. Amen. Amen. Don't kick us out. No, we're good. <laughs>
Thank you. I, I think we're done. We're, we're, we're done. Let's all stand up. We've kept them long enough. Amen. If you, if you have any more questions, email Jared at jwalker at mpidollars.org. He'll take all your email questions. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you that you sent your son, who is God. In every way, he was the exact representation of your divine nature, but did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and emptying himself of, of all the divine power that he may become like us and, and flesh and die the death of the cross, die the death we deserve to save fallen man, to save the sons of Adam, that we may become the sons of God. We thank you and we bless you for your son Jesus today. We thank you for his full divinity, that in him is the fullness of deity. We pray in Jesus' name that everybody in this room, Lord, will not only be informed, but transformed, and will have an answer for the oneness, Pentecostal, for the Jehovah Witness and every cultist out there, Lord, that we will be able to snatch them from the fire, that we will snatch wayward Christians who are being deceived from the fire. Help us, Lord, to use this information, to apply it, to, to apply the saving knowledge, to bring the saving knowledge of Jesus to all our friends and those around us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.